how great thou art. A beautiful song. One of my favorites. We do serve an amazing, great God. And it's such a pleasure, such an honor to be able to come together on the first day of the week to worship that great, almighty God. Amen. Thank you, each and every one, for being here this morning. Thank you, thank you to our visitors who are with us this morning as well. Appreciate you coming our way. I look forward to spending some time together in God's Word. I had uh, Jack read from Matthew chapter 12. Verse 36 and verse 37 says, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. It's a sobering thing to think about. Those two little sentences there. Every idle word that you may speak. And each one of those will either be justified or will be condemned. That's a sobering, powerful statement that our Lord makes. How we speak is very important when it comes to our, the, the lives that we lead. And when it comes to serving God, our speech is very important. He will hold us to account for the things that we have said. Have you really stopped to think about that? Have you stopped to think about that God will hold us account to the things that we have said? And that's why it's so very important for us to understand and, and know and learn how it is a Christian is to speak. What it is in our speech we are focused on. Christian speech. So very important. So very important that we'll be judged by the things that we say on that day of judgment. So it deserves some study. It deserves a little time to think about how we speak as a child of God. So as we talk about a Christian speech, let's begin by talking about the wrong kinds of speech. One of those wrong kinds of speech is speech that is irreverent. Using the Lord's name in vain. This is something that's come up recently in our studies. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 says, You shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Again, the things that we say words that we use. In vain means without an attitude of sincere respect. Using the Lord's name in swearing or cursing. Using the Lord's name in a careless or vain, repetitious manner. This is taking the Lord's name in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God's name in vain. Don't say the name of the Lord God vainly. Don't make little of it. Don't take it for granted. It also applies to the name of Jesus. Look over in Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> it's interesting that David just read from this. Talking about our Lord and who He is. 
We talk about His name. His name is important as well. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Therefore God, therefore also God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those who are in heaven and those who are on earth and those who are under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You thought about that? You thought about the name of Jesus and how important it is? God didn't want his name to be taken lightly. God doesn't want us to take Jesus' name lightly either. A name that is above all names. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth when that name is spoken. How important that is. We're talking about the wrong kinds of ways to, to speak. Irreverent speech is right up there on the top of that list. Not giving God the glory. Saying His name in vain. And taking our Lord's name, Jesus Christ, speaking His name vainly as well. That's irreverent. Another wrong kind of speech is careless speech. Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 4. But an immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. Careless talk is on that list of wrong ways to speak as well. Too many words sometimes. Think about just the number of words that we speak. Be careless. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. There's too many words sometimes. We're saying too many things. Rather than trying to restrain our tongue. And to be careful about the words that we say. Not careless with the words that we say. Speaking too hastily. James 1 and verse 19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Swift to hear. You hear things that are being said. Listen to our brethren. Be slow to speak. Don't speak too hastily. Slow down. Choose your words carefully. Another thing that's on this list, a euphemism. Euphemisms are a generally innocuous word expression used in the place of one that may be found offensive or suggests something unpleasant. Euphemisms are used to refer to taboo topics in a polite way or to mask profanity. In a moment, some euphemisms are going to appear on the screen here. I want you to think about some of these. Have you ever used any of these? These kinds of words are used to mask profanity. They're used to talk about subjects that are taboo in a polite way. Brethren, I'll tell you that euphemisms aren't going to be pleasing to God. If we're trying to mask profanity, if we're trying to talk about things without really talking about things, God's not going to be pleased with that. If we talk about being slow to speak, 
Quick to hear, slow to speak. <coughs> Think about the words that we're using. God wants us to choose those words carefully. He wants us to bring glory to Him in the words that we use. Amen. Another wrong kind of speech. Speech is evil. 1 Peter 3, verse 10. He who would love life and see good, good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Just plain old evil speak. Lying, deceitful, filthy words. These are evil words. Proverbs 6, verse 19. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Romans 16, verse 18. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Lying, deceitful, <coughs> filthy words. Speaking evil against others. Reviling others. In 1 Corinthians 6 and verses 9 through 10, revilers are there in that list of those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. We use our words to revile people, to speak evil against them. So we need to take it into account. We're going to be judged by those words, those evil words. Talk about the wrong kinds of speech. And we know what they are. And I hope this list has helped you to realize and think about some things and understand the repercussions of the words that we use each and every day. Well, let's talk about the right kinds of speech. The right kinds of speech. The kinds of speech that God wants His children to use. Talk about the right kinds of speech. Gracious speech is on that list. Colossians 4, verse 6, Let your speech always be with grace. Season with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. Let your speech always be with grace. If it's always with grace, is there any time that it's not with grace? Always is one of those definitive, absolute words, like all and every, complete, Always let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt. But you may know how to answer each one. God wants us to talk in this way. Being gracious to one another. Have our speech be graceful. <coughs> Not like these other things that we've talked about, but be gracious. Always be with grace. Our speech is to be encouraging. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. There's grace again. I think gracious speech is important. We found two verses right here to talk about. But also encouraging. It's up to us to encourage our brethren. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. The list that we just went through, those words that we aren't supposed to use, 
evil words, the deceitful words, the lying words. Those words don't need to come out of our mouth. But rather, what is good and necessary for edification. The things that we say to our brethren, to those in the world, needs to be edified. And I'll tell you that words that are harsh of, of, of condemning sin, yeah, that's, that's admonishing as well, but we can't shy away from those either. They'll be edifying in the long run. People need to be convicted of their sin, not by us, but by the Word of God. Don't let this discourage us from speaking the truth. But think about the encouraging that we need to show each and every day. Encouraging words that we need to give to each other. The words that are coming out of our mouth need to be encouraging. Even if they tell someone, brother, you need to turn back. Encourage that person to return to the fold. <clears throat> our speech needs to be thoughtful. Colossians 3, verse 17, whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, does that leave anything out? Sometimes we think, well, you know, we can, we speak a certain way amongst our brethren, but when we go out to the world, we might speak another way. Or we might act a different way in the world than we do amongst our brethren. Whatever you do, I don't see anything but that leaves out. Whatever you do in word or deed, whatever I say or do, that leave anything out. A lot of people will try to use this to say, well, this is just our, our words to God, our, our prayers, our talk in Bible class. Rather than I say that's whatever we do, whatever we say. Remember what we talked about at the beginning? All the words that we say are going to be judged by. So be careful in the words that you say. <coughs> they need to be thoughtful. Another kind of speech that's the right kind of speech is speeches in praise of God. 1 Peter 4.11 If anyone speaks, let him speak to them as the oracles of God. <clears throat> if anyone speaks. Here's another one of these verses that people want to say. This is, you know, if you're in Bible class or you're standing up before the brethren, giving an exhortation or invitation or a sermon, speak as the oracle of God. If anyone speaks. What if I go out in the world and I speak? What am I speaking? What am I doing? What am I saying? Does it fit what we've been talking about? Is it in praise of God? If anyone ministers, let him do so with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I see this verse and these other ones speaking to me in my life. Not my Christian life, not my church life, not my life in this building, my life. If I'm going to speak, I need to speak as the oracles of God. 
I need to speak with the right kinds of words. Whatever I do in word or deed needs to be thoughtful. It needs to be in compliance with what God would have me to speak. Not just here in this building, but in my life. Anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Anyone ministers, let him do so with ability with God's supplies. God's going to give me the strength and the supply and the things I need to say through his word. He will supply that to us. He promised us and he has. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Our speech needs to be in praise of God, giving God the glory. That helps us to understand the ways we need to talk, the things we need to say in this world, in this life. So how do we go about improving our speech? We've talked about the wrong ways to talk, the right ways to talk. What are some things we can look at and understand to help us in this? It's a daunting task. A few things we can think about. Think before you speak. That one's easy. We talked about, we talked about being thoughtful in our speech. Think before you speak. Proverbs 15, verse 28. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Studies how to answer. If, I'm asked, if someone asks you a question, you need to study about the answer. You need to give diligence to the answer. What will your answer be? Think before you speak. It's easy. It's easy to remember, isn't it? We've been taught that a long time. Probably growing up as children, we were taught that. Think before you speak. It applies to us as Christians, too. We need to pray about what we're going to say as well. In this thought process, don't leave out prayer. Psalm 19:14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Does that sound like someone who thinks before he speaks? I hope so. I hope we'll take that into practice. The words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted. The meditation of my heart. What am I thinking about? What are the things that I'm meditating on? It's a quote that says, think before you speak. You might need to remember what you said. I need to remember what you said. If you choose your words carefully, quick to hear, slow to speak, words are going to be easier to remember. If your words are just rattled off at the top of your head, sometimes it's hard to remember what you said. Think about those words. and Think about, are these words bringing glory to God? How to help shape your speech. Rather, we need to guard our hearts. Luke 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We read the parallel passage in Matthew this morning. Jack did when he did it in our reading. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What's in my heart is what's going to come out of my mouth. We need to guard what's in our hearts. If it's there, it's going to come out. 
not defiled by the things that go into the body, but the things that come out of the body. We need to guard and make sure our hearts are right. The old adage of garbage in, garbage out. They used to talk about that with computers. I don't know if they still do or not anymore. But computers are pretty dumb, really. You just put information in it, it's going to just get it back out, spit it back out to you. <coughs> what goes in our heart, we need to be careful. Guard our hearts. Make sure that things that we are doing, things that are coming in are, are right. Proverbs 4, verse 23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Diligently guard your heart. As we're guarding our hearts, we guard our lips. Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Help me in these things that are coming out of my mouth. Help me to guard against those things. We mentioned in Ephesians 4, verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. God, help us to guard our mouths and our lips. These things that we're talking about, those evil things, that they won't come out. Guarding our hearts, we've got to guard our lips as well. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Guard his mouth and his tongue and keep us out of trouble. Guard your lips. Make sure the things that are coming out of your mouth with the understanding of what we talked about at the very beginning, that God's going to judge us by those things. How careful we need to be about the words that we choose. Christians are to be different. We've talked about the things in this world, the speech that people in this world use, and speech patterns that we can fall into, sadly. What does the Bible say about Christians? It says we are to be different. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 and 18. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them and be separate. It's a world that we live in, but we're to be separate. We're to be different from that world. In the world, but not of the world. We say that a lot in our Bible studies. We're going to leave this place. We're going to go back out into the world. We can't help that. But we're to be different. We're to be set apart different in the things that we do, service to our God, and our speech, the things that we say, and set us apart from others in the world. Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Good, acceptable, perfect. We have to prove what the will of God is. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
studying in God's Word, letting that Word transform us, renewing our mind every time we read it, every time we study, every time we meditate, renewing our mind. Why? So we can prove what the will of God is. Filthy talk, jesting, euphemisms. It's not the will of God. That's not what He wants us to portray as Christians. That's not the face He wants us to put on Him or His Son. Think about it in those terms. We're representing Jesus Christ. Let our light shine before men. Let them see them in us. See Him in us. We're children of God. We need to act that way. And we need to talk that way. The things that we say are so very important. So important that God will judge us for them in the day of judgment. Choose your words carefully. Be ready to understand each thing that comes out of your mouth reflects on you and on our God. Choose your words carefully. Being a child of God carries with it instruction, duty, and responsibility. If you're outside the fold of God, you're not His child. You're not a child of God, but you can be. The gospel call has gone out into the world. It's up to us to respond to it hearing and believing the gospel call. That gospel call and that belief in Jesus Christ and God causes us to repent. Understanding that Jesus has come into the world and God is calling for all men everywhere to repent. From Acts 17 verse 30. But we're looking at those times of ignorance. God's calling for every man everywhere to repent. Upon that, understanding is a confession. Confessing that there is a Lord God. Confessing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Everyone therefore who confesses me before men, I shall confess him before my Father who is in heaven. That's what Jesus says there in Matthew 10, verse 32. Confession is made. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Upon that, we can be baptized. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Matthew 16, verse 16 says, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Without baptism, salvation is not possible. We have to go down into that water and come up that new creature to walk in newness of life how we come in contact with the blood of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Without that, we're, we're lost. Living faithfully. I said, being a child of God requires some responsibility, some duty, things that we have to do. Living faithfully, faithful until death. <coughs> Revelation 2 and verse 10. That we'll receive the crown of life. Remain faithful until death. Part of faith is 
doing and saying what the Lord will have us to do and say. Being faithful to Him. His words, not ours. Oracles of God. We will guard our speech as part of living faith. Being service to Him. We are subject to the gospel call. If you have sin in your life that you need to repent of, you need to make known, you need the prayers of the congregation. We offer you assistance. You can let that know. Let that be known by coming forward as we stand and sing. Hear the sweet voice of Jesus say, Come unto me. Jesus, Lord.